the lodge, where old and new friends gather for discussion and camaraderie, where the serious and trivial are debated with equal intensity. So pull up a chair to the fire and welcome to the Southern Lodge. Hey y'all, this is the 14th episode of the Southern Lodge podcast. Today you got Aaron and Michael because Danny's too busy with the real world and working and so he's going to get to miss out on talking a little trash talk. Today we're going to go over, we're going to give you a little recap of week one. Uh, We'll talk about week two, give our picks. And uh, to add to our Southern Lodge list debate, we're going to give you our top five get hype songs. Since it is football season, you got to get hyped. What you're going to play before the game, what you're going to play during the game when things go wrong. So we're going to give you our get hype songs. So Aaron, how are you doing today? Mike, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I've got a glass of Southern Lodge sweet tea as usual. And you know, by the way, I was thinking about this as I poured this specific glass of Southern Lodge sweet tea. For the past two years, you've been pretty consistent with your Christmas gifts, and uh, they are instrumental in creating uh, authentic Southern Lodge sweet tea. Uh, can I count on those those gifts to keep coming, especially that specific type? I'm pretty sure you can, because uh, it makes it makes gift buying a lot easier on myself when I when I keep it consistent and get the same thing every year. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. It's well received. I'll we're you um, that. well received. And we're also we're also going to have a bottle at the beach for our beach vacation. So, um, I'll try to save you a little bit, but you know, you know, with you getting there late and everything, it might all be gone. Who knows? Well, yep, I you know, and I also uh, got me a box of er- of uh, cigars as well. Oh, a full box. A full box. Oh, I've got one or two left uh, that I haven't uh, burned yet. So I'm, I, they need to be though. They're getting. They've been in storage about a month. So. Well, I was kind you know, of I'm anticipating. Also, you ask how I'm, Oh, go ahead. That's how I'm doing. I, yeah, yeah. I I'm sitting here relishing a victory in week one, uh, in our in our pickums. I'm uh 14 and 0 in the SEC for for games I picked. Uh, Danny is 13 and 1, and you are 11 and 3, my friend. That's that's still not bad. Ah, <laughs> I. I can make safe picks from here till the rest of the the season, and very likely keep at least a one game lead on you. On me, but I mean, what Three. you only got one on Danny right now. Yeah, Danny could get me. It could happen. Well, also too, y'all are going to start picking with your hearts instead of your heads. Uh, I kind of nope. went with an, a little opposite thing. I was trying to get ahead in week one and pull some upsets, but. Uh, the SEC didn't, but you know, since you brought last week up and the pickums and everything, I was going back over editing the uh, last week's podcast, which I'm gonna try and get up today. And um, I know I'm just terrible with getting these things out on time. I got to get better since we're actually in the season now. But you know, you and Aaron or you and Danny had a pretty good discussion on this whole Auburn Alabama or Auburn Mississippi State quarterback thing, and 
I don't agree with Danny. I think Danny um, suffers from a little bit of um, hatred. Not maybe not hatred, but Danny gets very defensive about Auburn. And uh, I, I I was listening to you, and I agree that if Nick Fitzgerald was on Auburn's team, they would win just as many games as they did without him or without Stidham. And uh, but that's not saying Stidham wouldn't have done some things at Mississippi State, but. I agreed with your point that Auburn has better players than Mississippi State. So, you know, winning winning 11 games at Auburn as compared to Mississippi State really isn't as much of a feat. So, um, yeah. But and, and I, I, think I did the, um, I did go back and look at uh, Danny wanted or no you Danny looked at the Mississippi State Auburn game, and you had said what about the how they each do against Alabama. Well, I'm going to tell you, you really don't want to know about this, Aaron, but uh, Jarrett Stenham had 237 yards on 21 of 28 passing, no touchdowns, no interceptions. They had one throwing touchdown, and that was from Carrion Johnson, a running back. It was a three-yard touchdown pass. Um, Carrion was 30 carries for 104 yards, one touchdown. Jarrett Stenham had 12 carries for 51 for one touchdown. They had, it looks to be, caught 170 rushing yards, just about. So, um, but okay. most of their stuff through the air came off. One receiver, he had 11 receptions for 139 yards. And that was Auburn, Alabama. Stayed against Alabama. Nick Fitzgerald was 13 of 24, 158 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, Arius Williams, 22 for 97 yards, two touchdowns. Fitzgerald, 21 for 66, one touchdown. So they had about uh, close to the same number of rushing yards. So um, Stidham had a little bit better completion percentage and um, about 80 more passing yards, whereas Fitz uh, – was just hovering above 50% completion percentage. So, And yeah. Alabama won 31-24, while Auburn won 26-14 against Alabama. So, 31-24 mm. okay. Yeah, in almost every metric, uh, Auburn is favored in that matchup. And, you know, maybe that wasn't the best comparison. That's still a better comparison than looking at the t- the head-to-head, though, like how Auburn did against Mississippi State, how Mississippi State did against Auburn. I still think it's better to pick a consistent opponent and then see how – or maybe even a couple consistent opponents. Right. Um, or Alabama uh, that's, that's kind of why people look at the whole season as compared to one game. But Danny right. – like I said, Danny has little brother syndrome where he just – because Auburn – because Alabama and other teams have been better than Auburn in the past and he thinks Auburn doesn't get the uh, attention or the um, – the respect they deserve. That's why he's got to throw Mississippi State under the bus or Tennessee under the bus, and he's got to go back. We played three out of the four playoff teams, and blah 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 blah, and we should have won. And you still lost to UCF. I don't care. Yeah, they. Yeah, you still lost to him. You shouldn't have lost to him. Um, but 
I, that's, I think Danny, and I, I listened to it, and Danny was kind of being a, bit, a little bit of an a-hole to you during that discussion because he just gets salty about Auburn. And we talked about this past weekend, and he agreed he came out a little too harshly. So that's me throwing the olive branch between the two commentators since he's not here to uh, to say it. Well, you know what, Mike? We can settle this like boys over the radio or we can settle this like men over the Xbox. You just tell Danny I'm waiting. <laughs> well, considering uh, nobody owns an Xbox 360 anymore, you're kind of behind the times. That's it, uh, Hey, hey. Xbox 360, NCAA football 2013, bring it on. I'm ready. Well, that's the only place you can play NCAA football anymore since they, you know, they quit making that game. But um, speaking of this weekend, uh, we didn't get to talk about it on our show last time, I don't think, because it was kind of something that happened. Uh, I think we did our show last week on a Wednesday, and then on a Thursday, no. I'm all confused. But basically, after we did our draft, uh, Danny approached me, and um, I must know we did on Tuesday, so it must have been Wednesday. But we uh, we actually made plans, and we went to Atlanta to watch Auburn, Washington, because the cheaps were just or the seats were just ridiculously cheap. I mean, we we sat up in the the upper tier, which for good seats we could see everything, and we weren't straining or whatnot. And our original seat price was only like forty bucks. Now, once you add in, you know, some fees and stuff, it ran. It was like ninety bucks a person. But I mean, that was to see a top ten game. You know, two top ten opponents play each other. Uh, I mean, we could have sat in the lower bowl and paid like two hundred bucks a ticket, which wouldn't have been bad. Like that would have been after fees and everything, which still wouldn't have been bad considering it's a top ten game in Atlanta. So, but yeah, that's good we deal. went. And uh, they have an, Atlanta's got a nice new stadium. Um, the area around it's pretty nice. Uh, inside is just, I mean, it's brand new, so it's still sparkling clean and everything. I wouldn't mind uh, going back in the next year or two for the SEC championship game if Tennessee can ever get things going. But um, what did you do this weekend? You went up to see a game, didn't you? Yeah, man. Uh, when saw the Bulldogs take on big old bad uh, Stephen F. Austin. And what's their mascot? Champion of the uh, FCS. Ah, the Lumberjacks. The Lumberjacks. Don't think it. You don't think of lumbering when you think of Houston, do you? Or Austin, Texas, I should say. Isn't Austin the hill country, though? So there, there would be some probably more trees and timber there versus Yeah, it's still know, scrub country a little bit, though. Houston. I've never been. Actually, it's a nice uh, city. for my brother's bachelor party, I'm going to get to go see San Antonio and New Brunfels this weekend. Are y'all flying to San Antonio or are you driving? Flying, um, flying. My, my dad has Delta points that he booked his flight with, and then I just I'm a fly out with him so that it's at least got somebody to be with during the traveling. Wait a minute, it's not a it's not a one stop flight though. So we've got a layover in Atlanta. It's going to be four hours total travel time, which is still better than eight or nine driving. Yeah, it's like ten hours to get to San Antonio. Um, 
So your dad is going on the bachelor party. He's the best man, I think. Yeah, and I, I know you did that for your wedding, but it's just something. It's just something about. But your dad didn't go on your bachelor party. Uh, I don't think he did. I was there. I remember I it. He didn't he go because did. I wouldn't have done some of the things I did. You were pretty tame. You were pretty tame, Mike. Yeah, but uh, I, I just it just um, it sounds weird when someone says that their parent is going to go on their bachelor weekend. Of course. I have already um, laid out the ground rules for when I finally find the right woman and get married. So, uh, so my my friends know what I want, but my Mike will not be uh, will not be on Michael Michael's bachelor party weekend. Sorry, Dad. For the record, he could hang. He really could. Yeah, but. Um, I, I understand uh, your your family does a little different than everybody. Uh, so, is it um, is it uh, just you and your dad, or is your uh, is uh, Abe gonna fly down with y'all? No, they're coming in separate. Uh, uh-huh. But you know, it's like it's gonna be pretty cool. We're we're doing some kind of float trip. I think it's on the Guadalupe. I'm not positive. Looks like a beautiful place. Andrew rented a house right on the river. We're supposed to... The main event is floating the river, and that's happening Friday. Uh, Saturday is going to be hanging around the river house, grilling, watching football games, uh, having adult beverages, uh, and then I'm sure we'll wander around Saturday night somewhere uh, for the, the craziness. And then... Everybody recovery on Sunday and go back home. What uh should be fun. Is it this weekend you're going? Yeah, flying out tomorrow. And what game are you missing? Kansas State at Kansas State. Mississippi State at Kansas State. Okay. Um but it w- we'll still be able to see it on TV. We're all going to watch it. Most mm-hmm. most of the guys there are state fans. I got gotcha. you. So, uh, you know, we, we, we made our picks. Aaron's done going over it. Let's – I don't want to talk about every game because that would just take way too long, but we can recap Let's some of the – talk about the ones we disagree – definitely the ones we disagreed on. Okay, well, the Ole Miss-South Alabama game, which – Texas Tech? Yeah, I'm pulling this up now. I've got the schedule up online, and for some reason, this is all wrong because it's got Ole Miss, South Alabama up, Auburn, Georgia Southern. What year is this from? That's hmm. all wrong. Um, okay, what year? This oh, that's 2017. No wonder, because I need 2018. Okay. Uh, ju- yeah, the SE. Okay, so. I'll just try to type and talk at the same time, uh, is Ole Miss, Texas Tech. The reason you may have won that one, Ole Miss looked good. They 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 looked like they had a few more athletes than Texas Tech. But also, um, Texas Tech's quarterback, starting quarterback, got hurt. Uh, er, I don't know if it was early in the game, but I know at least by the third quarter I looked and he was out. So... Could that have changed the 
what happened maybe because this is right it was it was 47 27 and that some of that scoring came a little late but who's to say if the starting quarterback for tech doesn't get hurt they don't keep it closer but i will i will give Ole Miss props um they did look good i thought texas tech would look a little better um aj brown is a beast for Ole miss and uh monster he, he looks un- uncoverable at some points during the game so yeah uh, yeah, big takeaways from that game. What's the other guys? Uh, man, give me just a half a second here. Scotty Phillips, the running back. It, it does look like he rushed for 204 yards on 16 carries and two touchdowns. Uh, Ole Miss traditionally is not a school known for these workhorse running backs, but Scotty Phillips is going to be okay, I think. Yeah, and um, actually uh, A.J. Brown Texas. wasn't even the leading receiver for uh, Ole Miss. Um lodge was so if they've got if they got a guy on each side uh, of the field that can spread the defense out it's their running game will stay open and uh Ole Miss could have a potent a potent offense this year it's just see if their defense holds up yeah agreed uh let's see the next game we so uh, you and Danny picked Texas Tech to win that game I picked Ole Miss Yes. Uh, the next game we disagreed on was Auburn and uh, Washington. And Danny and I picked Auburn to win that game, and you picked Washington. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, we actually went and saw this game, so I got to see it in person. And uh, you know, I made this pick before some information came to light, you know, like the fact that Washington's All-American left tackle – wasn't going to play in the game. He's actually, I read that he's going to be out for most of the season with back issues. So uh, I didn't know that when I picked Washington. I thought this was a basically a pick 'em game, which uh, it was. It was a five point game, so it kind of was. It was a one score game. But if you if you watch the game or if you were there in person, which I, I've got to give credit to Washington fans. Um, they There wasn't a lot of them there, but some of them did travel or they did come from other parts of the country. And overall, their fans seemed nice. We had a couple of uh, some younger guys behind us that were getting a little drunk, and in particular, they were just being um, mean-spirited. But, you know, you go to an SEC game, you'll see that from SEC fans. But it was probably, you know, a 95-5 to 5 ratio, good fans to bad fans. But... Uh, early in that game, Auburn missed some opportunities. It probably should have been a bigger blowout for Auburn, but Washington certainly had their chances too to win that game. Um, I, I like that they didn't drop out of the top ten. So, but I went into that thinking. I mean, I think the spread was like one point. So I was I, that was one where I really was trying to get one on y'all. I was rooting for Auburn because SEC, but. I thought Washington had a chance to win it, which which they did at the end. So, do do you think Washington's going to make a comeback uh, from this game and and still have a run for the playoff? Um, yeah, uh, I I saw Stanford kind of had a close game. I think they played San Diego State, which was a uh, which what was San Diego State's a very good team, and I did I I saw USC was playing UNLV close. They kind of blew them out towards the end, but when I checked, they were it was like 19-14. to 14. That may have been in the second or third quarter. I can't remember when I saw that score. But uh, those look like the challengers uh, in the Pac-12 for Washington. So 
Um, I think Washington's got a very good chance of, you know, only having that one loss to Auburn at the end of the year. They they looked good. I mean, they they moved the ball against Auburn. Um, Auburn had some things they need to work on. Uh, Jarrett Stenham took a couple of hits. He had some bad decisions. I don't know if it's a scheme with Auburn, just because I don't know him, I don't study him, but or if it's or if it's Stidham holding the ball too long. But he makes some he can make some bad decisions instead of throwing the ball away, holding it. Um, so I don't know if Auburn's just running deep routes and got nothing for him to release to or what. But um, uh, the DBs were getting uh, watched very closely, so they kind of. They got exposed a little bit in the first half, but in the second half, Washington's DBs were getting watched closely too. So, but and then uh, I would say in the first quarter, Auburn's defensive line dominated Washington, and they kind of cooled off in the second half of the game and really gave Jake Brown or Jake Browning really had some time to throw the ball. So, Auburn's got some stuff they need to work on. But if they play a complete game, they're they're one of the top six teams in the country. So. Uh, did you get to see any of that game? No, not much. Not enough to form any solid opinions about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I texted a few uh, that, that the D-line looked nasty. I was able to watch a little bit uh, of, I want to say, the second quarter. Uh, but the, the takeaway, it kind of and it, it translates to Mississippi State pretty well. Both of them look mediocre is not the right word, Um beatable in the secondary Mm. Uh, mississippi state definitely has trouble covering uh solid receivers now we'll get to that game in a second but with auburn i mean washington was making some plays they were just making plays but at the same time anything that went to the d line was snuffed and stopped consistently anything that went to the secondary uh could be could be caught could be defended like it, it was it was average i would say i don't think like uh danny has made has said that they're the best defense in the nation or something like that he might have said the best in the sec i think that's a stretch i think the d line is definitely in the top two or three of the sec the entire defense best in the sec no i would no and uh I, I would agree with you the the boys uh number five i can't remember his name but he's a hoss uh he's danny told me he's like six foot five three thirty Auburn's D-line in the first quarter looked like the best D-line in the country. Um, that's what they were just – they were doing whatever they wanted. Um, but, like I said, they struggled. And then uh, Auburn had like 100 – it was over 100 yards. It may have been close to 150 yards rushing or something like that. And Danny and I just looked at each other and were like, where did it come from? They didn't break anything open. Uh, I give credit to Auburn for you know sticking with the run and trying to build consistency with it. But – the, they didn't really open any, and you know I, I could be, you know, just watching the game and not writing anything down. But I, there's no big run that just stands out in my mind. There might there may have been a ten or twelve yarder, but there was no, you know, thirty yarder that broke it open that I just remember. You know, that's just right there. So um, they they probably need to work on their uh, some O line consistency or just get some explosive plays going. But uh, the last game. We disagree. Well, so the okay. So the only game we lost on, but we agreed on it, was LSU Miami. 
right? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we only I said I might have said we disagreed on four. We only disagreed on three games. Uh, the last game we disagreed on was Vandy. Uh, Danny and I picked Vandy to beat Middle Tennessee. You picked Middle Tennessee to beat Vandy. Right. Yeah that that was Vandy. So, yeah, that was just me thinking Vanderbilt isn't too good. And Middle Tennessee was decent last year, and I thought maybe an upset could have brewed in Week One, but. I don't think we need to talk about too much about Vanderbilt at this point in the season. So, yeah, well, that's just uh, Middle Tennessee is a tough team. So that that if they'd have won, it wouldn't have surprised me. Right. I wouldn't have been sitting here and just uh, jaw dropped. Uh, all right. Well, do you want to move into our week two picks? Well, I do want to say I do want to talk about LSU Miami just because we were all wrong about that. How so? Oh yeah, we all picked them. We all picked Miami, and um, I will. I will say LSU surprised the heck out of me. Um, Now Joe Burrow didn't didn't light it up as a quarterback, and he must have done something in practice because I think the kid the kid from he's from Long Beach, Mississippi, or I think he went to he went to school in Bay St. Louis, which is they're both on the Mississippi coast. Um, he showed some things last year, but Burrow must have come in and just been a little more consistent. Um, but I'm gonna pull up the box score real quick. But yeah, uh, I get. I I didn't believe in Coach O going in, but I I I made the cardinal sin of sleeping on LSU's defense, which got me in trouble because their defense until the end just looked dominant. Um, and I really thought Miami would take another step, but I, I there's going to be a there's going to come a point within a year or two if Mark Trick doesn't take a step that he's just going to be that coach that can build build a team to compete in the regular season, but he ain't going to win the big games. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow was 11 of 24. He completed left, less than 50% of his passes for 140 yards. So, I mean, he didn't light it up. LSU won like LSU does. They won running the ball and playing defense. So, Yeah, uh, what I've heard, I didn't get to watch a lot of the game, but I've read some of the recap uh, and, and definitely listened to some analysis. What I've heard is that LSU is not, quote-unquote, back they what LSU is is what they've always been loaded with talent and able to beat opponents that they're overmatched on talent with. So when it when it comes down to scheme, it's likely that they're still going to lose to the same teams that are comparable in talent with them, but uh, has better coaching, um, better strategy with the X's and O's. How how do you feel about that statement? Um, that sounds like a true statement to me. And uh, we'll see uh, within the next couple of weeks if it turns out to be true. But I, I think this is one of those games where everybody was overhyping Miami and a little bit of underappreciating LSU just because of, I think, Coach O and the bad, the just terrible offense from last year. Yeah, I think what they won nine games, but still the offense. What, if it wouldn't have been for Darius Geis, I don't know what they would have done, but yeah, especially this eleven to twenty four for one forty. Come on now, I mean Miami's quarterback threw two picks, which is once again LSU's defense. But yeah, I, I'm gonna have to see. 
you know, and we'll see when Alabama and Auburn and them come to town and stuff. So we'll see. Right now, LSU looks better than what I thought, but we'll just have to see. Let's see. All right. So I've texted Danny to try and get his picks for week two. He must be busy or um, he's dealing with some personal stuff in his life. So I don't know if I'll get him, but if not, uh, we'll be able to discuss them next week for that show. So uh, I guess this week it'll just be you and I making live picks. And um, the first game I've got up on mine is Mississippi State, Kansas State. What do you think? You ready to write uh, all this down, right by the now, way? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Uh, the line right now as we speak is nine points favoring Mississippi State. And you might have seen the stats. I'm not sure. Uh, Keaton Thompson had a great game. Uh not efficiency-wise, but total yards and total touchdowns. He was um, responsible for seven total touchdowns, five passing and two rushing, uh, 473 yards of total offense. Uh, he was prolific. Uh, we had a receiver go over 100 yards uh, on two receptions, two touchdowns of Cyrus Mitchell kind of coming out of nowhere. Uh I do think this team is going to put points on the board no matter who we play. We're right. going to be a tough offense to beat. Uh, as far as defense goes, we had 17 tackles for loss, which is a Mississippi State school record for our defense. Last season, total, we had, I want to say it was 34 total tackles for loss on the entire season, and we got 17 in our first game. Now, you can chalk that up and say, well, Stephen F. Austin's a cupcake team. True, but we've paid, we have played cupcake teams last year, too. So 17 tackles for loss is a notable stat out of this game. Uh, now, we're not going to do that against the powerhouses of the SEC, but based on that stat, I would say that our tackles for loss is going to be higher on average this year than what it was on average last year. Going into this game with Kansas State, it's it's a road game. I'm kind of nervous about the time. It's going to be 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, there's some weird elements at play. Nick Fitzgerald hasn't been hit since he uh, dislocated his ankle last season. Uh, he hasn't thrown a ball in a, in a, a game yet. Uh, Keaton Thompson is the backup. He's not the starter. He did really well uh, starting in the last game. All that said... Uh, I think if I was a betting man, I would bet against the line on this one. I still think we win, but it might be closer than nine points. So I'm going to give Mississippi State a win here. Well, it's a good thing we're not picking against the spread, but um, Kansas State barely beat South Dakota last week, so uh, I'm going to go with Mississippi State. Plain and simple. Um, yeah, Aaron's, Aaron's a State fan, so he can go more in-depth on it. But, yeah, Kansas State almost losing to South Dakota. So Mississippi State gets the W. Uh, next up is Vanderbilt and Nevada. Um, Nevada played Portland State last week, beat them 72 to something. Um, I'm going to go with Vanderbilt. Really? I'm going to go with Vanderbilt. Well, Van, you know, Vandy is, Vandy is kind of known for defense. That. So. I guess that's not a crazy pick. 
and it's at Vandy. Man, this one's this one's interesting. See, after, I've got to, after if you, you pick uh, first. After you lock in your pick, I'll tell you why I picked Vanderbilt. Because once you lock it in, you can't change it. That's fine. But you know what's interesting? And strategy-wise, if I pick the same as you do, if you pick first, and I guess we'll rotate as we go down who picks first. But if I pick the same as you, even if we're both uh, right or wrong, it doesn't help you close the gap with me. You know? Wow. That's kind of like so. the strategy of you uh, – of me saying quarterbacks I liked in our fantasy draft and you going, I'm not going to pick them. And then you picked them. I guess, I guess if you want it to be like that, you could. Ah, this is tough, dude. This is tough. Nevada putting up 72 points. Hmm. It was 72 to 19. And the question is, is Vanderbilt's defense, Is Vanderbilt's defense going to hold that number low enough that Vanderbilt's offense can score enough points to beat? They put up 636 total yards. That one's tough. Dang. Um, I'm going to pull the trigger on this one. I'm going to pick Nevada. All right. All right. Okay, the reason right. I chose Vanderbilt is because Nevada did 300-and-something yards through the air, but he did on 16 of 26 passing, which means he got big chunk yardage. I think Vanderbilt will have a little bit better D, some DBs than Portland State. So I think it'll be close, but I think Vanderbilt will, will pull it out. I don't think it'll – I think it'll be a close game, but I think Vanderbilt's got it. I think they just probably have a little bit more defense than Portland State, so – you're lucky that the order we're going in, we're both going to agree on the next game, uh, Arkansas State at Alabama. So you're not uh, uh, Alabama. Not be able to pull a Do fast you know the on spread on that one? Uh, Thirty-six and a half points. Uh, I think Alabama will cover it. And Saban's not one that normally Saban normally doesn't, but I think I think they will for this game. Yeah, I agree. All right. All right. Uh, so I go first on this one, right? Yep. It is South yep. Carolina and Georgia. Um, I'm going to go with South Carolina. Uh, this was the game I was um, was thinking could be could be one of the games Georgia lost. Now I still got Georgia. I still had Georgia winning. Uh, but I think it's at South Carolina. Jake Brantley's been moving up draft discussions. I think the last mock draft I saw had him being taken as a first round pick. So um, I think early season, Georgia's still trying to figure some things out. I mean, I know they won uh, they beat Austin P 45 to nothing. Uh, but I think South Carolina, the Cox are going to get it. Uh, Cox are going to get it done against the Bulldogs and uh, pull a little upset at home. All right, and uh, I'm going to pick against you here because this is if I'm a I'm going to stick to my guns, be a man of my word. I said that I'm not going to buy into South Carolina until they prove it. So this is the time to prove it. 
Uh, even if they play Georgia pretty close, I'll kind of say, oh, you know, maybe I was wrong about South Carolina. But yeah, this this is gonna be it. This is gonna be a um, it's a ten point line right now, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win by two or three touchdowns. Mm. I'm going Georgia here. All right. Um, I think the next one's pretty easy. We're going to call Ole Miss over Southern Illinois for both of them. But wait, who's in the picking order here? Is you picked first there. So it would be ah, you picking. It, that's me. Jeez, I'm tally. That's not even fair. All right, next up. All right, give us a little preview here, Mike. Uh, East Tennessee, Tennessee East Tennessee State. Uh I didn't get to watch the Tennessee game because I was at the Auburn game. I kept up with it on my phone as much as I could. Um, I still haven't seen the tape, uh, but what I saw on my phone was the first half, Tennessee went into the half trailing 13-7. to uh, we, Tennessee's defense held them to two field goals on some, you know, they, they made some good defensive stands. The touchdown looks like it could have been broken coverage because it was a pretty long touchdown. So, realistically, uh, Tennessee probably should have been leading 7-6 to six or, you know, down 9-7 to seven at halftime. And then they went into a little bit of a rain delay against Western, West Virginia. There was like an hour rain delay. And when they came out, uh, they made some adjustments or Tennessee was just flat. I, I don't know, but they opened it up with three touchdowns in the third quarter and ended up being 41 to 14, which I either said it was going to be close or it was going to be a blowout. And it turned out to be a blowout, but um, good things for Tennessee. They didn't have any turnovers. They had a hundred yard rusher and um, so uh the quarterback didn't throw for that many yards, but like I say, he didn't have any. He didn't have any interceptions, and he had a pretty decently decently high completion percentage. So uh, I know we only had one quarterback play against West Virginia, and that was Jarek Garantano. Um, they're going to have Keller Keller Christ uh, or Kellen Christ, the kid from Stanford that transferred. He's going to play a little bit these next two games. So these next two games, they play uh, East Tennessee State and UTEP, so they're going to use those as warm-ups to get to Florida. Saying that, uh, Tennessee is going to beat ETSU. All right, and I'm going to follow you on that that pick. Yep. Oh, you get the next one. All right, next up. All right, a good one. Yeah, all right. Uh, Clemson at A&M. Uh, as of right now, it's a 12-point spread favoring Clemson. Yeah, make a long story short here. I'm gonna pick Clemson. Uh, the A and M looks good. A and M looks good. They're they're what I uh, what I was afraid of bringing old Jimbo to town. Uh, they they they're gonna have it together in about two or three years. And even in this first year, he's still gonna, he's got the pieces to win eight or nine games. So, uh, yep, Clemson over A and M. All right. Um, you know, that's where game day is going to be this week. Is it uh, Clemson, Texas A&M? So. And also the question is, which quarterback is going to play for Clemson? Because Kelly Bryant started that game, and Trevor Lawrence played, like, the last three quarters. So, But uh, I'm going to go with Clemson as well. Uh, A&M did look a little better than I thought they would. 
I mean, Kevin Sumlin recruited some talent there, so it's not surprising. But uh, Clemson has been in the playoffs. They've got, you know, Dabo's basically recruiting like Alabama and Florida State and stuff and LSU and Auburn. So they've got the bodies. I think uh, I think they go on the road and steal one. I mean, it, it would be a statement uh, upset if A&M wins this game. It, it, and, and I just don't see it happening. I agree with you. So I mean, the, 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 uh, the offense was prolific last week, but not against a quality opponent. Right. Um, so I've got next, and that would be LSU, Southeastern Louisiana. I'm going to go with LSU at home. Same here. Not hard. Nope. All right. Uh, Wyoming, Missouri, 17.5 point spread, favoring Missouri. Who? Wyoming's already played two games. Uh, Missouri. Going Missouri here. Drew Locke, uh, outstanding quarterback, easily one of the best in the SEC. They're going to get it done. I agree with you. Uh, <clears throat> Missouri's gonna gonna take it. They've got too much offense for Wyoming, so pretty easy pick. Uh, Missouri. I've got Auburn over Alabama State for the next game. All right, same, same here. Oh, good thing the schedule fell out this way. Says uh, you get to pick Kentucky, Florida first. I get to see what I want to do. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think I'm even going to have to discuss much here. I mean, I think Kentucky may have one of the better teams that they've had under Stoops, but uh, Florida, Florida's a real deal with Mullen, man. Uh, I might be coming back here on Monday or Tuesday next week, and y'all might be ragging me with a Kentucky upset. But uh, Florida, Mullen's going to use the quarterbacks he has to get production out of them. And I think I even said – uh, on the last podcast, but when Mullen came to Mississippi State, he was working with a quarterback who was five foot nine, one hundred and eighty pounds, and uh, Tyson Lee, and uh, he still got production out of him. He turned him into kind of a running quarterback. Uh, then after that, Chris Relf. So uh, Felipe Franks is a more talented quarterback than what Mullen inherited at State. Uh, Florida's got an easier schedule overall. I'm sticking with it. Florida's going to win, and yeah, 14 point spreads probably accurate. 14, 10 points, something like that. Is that what it's at? It's 14 right now. Florida's way. Florida's already a top 25 team. Give me a break. Um, I'm going to go with Kentucky to pull the upset over Florida. Kentucky's been knocking at the door for a couple of years. They've got some good running backs. Um, I was just checking their box score against Central Michigan. The quarterbacks, I don't. It could have been nerves. Could have been first game jitters. They weren't the greatest, um, but they got some good running backs at Kentucky, and they've also got a couple of uh, good defenders. I'm gonna go with Kentucky to upset Florida. Okay. And then. Um, Colorado State's got some pieces. Um, they've got some SEC players there that have transferred. Uh, they've got a kid that was a five-star receiver that went to Tennessee, ended up transferring. But 
Can I call this an upset? I don't know if I can call this an upset. Well, Colorado State's 0-2. They just lost 45-13 to to Colorado. So, I am going to go with... Yeah, see, they got Carter Samuels, who I think was a Vanderbilt recruit at one time. They don't have much running. I'm going to go with Arkansas. I think it's going to be a closer game than some people might think. Do you have the spread on that one? Yeah, 13 and a half points Arkansas's way. Mm, yeah, I, I'm good with that. I'm good with Arkansas. Oh, I don't know what to think about Arkansas. I'm going to pick them in this game because Colorado State is uh, 0-2. Uh, and then the, the Arkansas still has SEC caliber players. I'm not ready to think that this uh, this team is a turnaround from last year yet, though. Still got some some room to go. Uh, you know, going back to Tennessee, I do think they have the right coach right now. Uh, I was watching, I think it was the Paul Feinbaum show, they were talking a little bit about the new coaches, and they finally have a blue-collar, uh, hard-nosed football coach in Knoxville. And... Uh, you know, Tennessee feels really good about it. And I, I think that's the right guy for the job right now. He's probably not going to have a great season this year, but going into next year and that third year, it's like it's like Saban, man. His first years at Alabama were not – he didn't go in the first year, turn around 10, 11 wins. Uh, that, that first year, heck, I know State beat Alabama maybe even two years in a – no, only one year under Saban. I think Kroon beat him that first year. Uh, didn't even didn't even allow an offensive touchdown in that game. So, yep, Arkansas to win. Yeah, and just to follow up on that, I agree with you. What I'm looking forward for out of a Tennessee coach is someone that doesn't make excuses. If your players play bad, then say that. Don't con- try to come up with all these catchy slogans and. If 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 at a press conference at the end of the game, yeah, you don't want to just say, "Hey, they were," ta-. but if they if they say if they miss tackles or, or this that, then say that. Don't sugarcoat everything. You know, hold these players accountable. They're there playing D one football at one of the top twenty brands in the country. We ain't played like a top twenty team in ten years, except for one season under Butch Jones, which just showed, you know, how he underused players so badly. But Tennessee is a top 25, top 20 national brand. And these kids are playing major college football there. Hold them accountable. If they ain't doing something right, they need to know about it. Don't, don't sugarcoat anything for them. So, um, I think there's only one game this week that we disagreed upon. Two games, sorry, two games. Georgia, South Carolina, and Kentucky, Florida. So we'll see if any more ground is made up or if ground has gotten bigger uh, after this weekend of games. Um, yeah. So and, I, and I'm still trying to, to figure out the best way to keep up with our picks. I just realized I made a mistake. I said that I picked 14 out of 14 correctly. I didn't. I picked 13 and 1. Yep. So, because uh, the the LSU game, so I think I've made that correction here, but uh, I've just got a sheet of paper. I've got every team's name, 
week one, two, three, four, five, and then a win-loss bracket, and I'm putting our names in whatever bracket we're picking. So next week will be tricky because now we're into the SEC matchups. So I don't want to count those picks twice. We just need to count them once. Right. You know what I mean? Because uh, I've got the the names down the page there. Yeah, well, well, that'll be something for the principal to figure out if he wants to go Excel or if he wants to start printing each week's schedule off and, you know, writing our names out to the side or something, you know, get high tech with it. Um, I'm going to do this old-fashioned, man. Handwritten, a <laughs> little marker. It's going to be great. You should just Dude, buy, you should just you, you know what you should do you got that big room upstairs you should just you know take a wall and bracket it out you know just write it right on the wall That's a good idea It is Air conditioner's not working up there though Oh hot Oh Oh, yeah, that's one thing I'm looking forward to. It's finally starting to get a little cooler. We had that little that little storm, you know, that little tropical storm Gordon come through that um, I don't want to see everybody freaked out about because someone, you know, it did uh, it did take a life. Uh, a tree, a tree fell on a mobile home in Florida and killed a kid. But um, it it just seems like people freak out about these storms more than than even when I was a kid, you know, 15. Uh, 15 years ago, you know, used to be when a tropical storm came through, uh, we were, we were, you know, playing outside and, uh, just glad we had a day off from school. Now when a tropical storm comes, it sounds like uh, the news is just saying the apocalypse is coming or something like that. So, um, well, you just don't know. And I, and I think, uh, we're still in like this overcorrective phase because of Katrina and you know, and, and it's not just Katrina, but from where we live geographically, uh, Katrina was what hit us. But you know, you had Ivan in that period. Uh, what was the one that hit Texas? I mean, you just uh, had Harvey and Maria that hit this past year. But, but I mean, those were storms that were hurricanes before they even got into the Gulf. I mean, this thing was a tropical storm when it entered the Gulf. So I mean. Yeah, I, can, I, I guess what I'm saying, though, is like people saw what what really happens if we get the wind, if we get the tornadoes, if we get the flooding rains. Uh, and and I, I actually think it's safer to be this way, even though like there's, you know, this is a little tropical storm and you got people, even us, like we pulled out a generator, went and bought like 12 gallons of gas. I mean, we did all that, but you never know that storm and it slowed down a little bit. What if it would have upgraded to like a category two or three? They happen so fast. I mean, three days ago, this thing didn't exist, you know, four days ago. And then, boom, it's on top of you. Uh, and it's this one didn't hit Mississippi near as hard. We were on the the more western side, uh, center of the, the storm. I didn't even wake up. We lost power momentarily, but not enough to even, I don't know, make me even concerned branches like there's little thunderstorms that come through here and knock more branches down yeah we have to make up two days of school and that's gonna cut into deer season man not happy about that 
<laughs> uh, well, all right. Let's get down to the Southern Lodge list debate. And this week, we are going to go with the songs that get you hyped. The songs that you're going to listen to if you played football or you played any kind of sport or you're out tailgating and you just need something to get you ready to go into the game, play the game, you know, just get your head right. Uh, these are going to be our top five get hype songs. So, Aaron, what you got at number five? Should we play them or should we just say the title? I, I think we should just say them to be safe because, you know, if we ever do try to monetize this podcast or or something, I don't want to get hit with a lawsuit and give up my $20. Dang. All right. Uh, number five, All I Do Is Win. You could sing it if you wanted to. I mean... Nah, I'd rather not. Oh, okay. All I Do Is Win. And pretty much, probably all these songs are on your Mardi Gras playlist, aren't they? Oh, you know it. <laughs> Except one of them. Which probably should be, though. Uh, number five for me is uh, We Will Rock You, but I do We Will Ooh. Rock You with We Are the Champions. There's, you know, They are two separate songs, but I do them as one song. Definitely two different songs, though, buddy. No, no, not really. They're meant to be played one right after the other. 100% two different songs, definitely. Um, what is your number four, Aaron? Zombie Nation. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 oh. That is a good one. Um... My number four is Radioactive by the Imagine Dragons. It just it does get me pumped. There's it was between that one and the um the other Imagine Dragons song that was uh they used it on the Nintendo commercial. Um in fact uh let me I have to look this up real quick. Uh talk amongst yourself, Aaron. On, on but make sure it's out loud. Yeah, uh, I wanted to get into a little discussion about deer hunting, but I guess we can do that after the list. I uh, went to the, the seed store today and uh, got three bags of seed and three sacks of fertilizer. And then, <sighs> despite my personal beliefs about feeding, I still bought eight sacks of corn to go in my corn feeder. So... 50 bucks right there and that's basically a month and a half worth of corn uh to to feed and that's that's at a slow rate too mm, so the the, the other one was um believer uh, i really that one will get me hyped too but i went with radioactive good choice yeah it brings you up number to number three, three. yep this is this is becoming a Mississippi State tradition. If it's not already, it's "Don't Stop Believing," played at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and uh, we are the right team to have that song playing at the beginning of the fourth quarter because we are we are coming off of a decade of pretty terrible state teams. You know, the two thousand through two thousand and ten. Uh, we get Dan Mullen, who's the first breath of fresh air. And I guess you could argue Kroom, but he did some cleaning up to the program, but I don't think he brought a whole lot of excitement to the program. Mullen did. 
don't stop believing uh started getting played either last season or the season before and uh it it it's just we're at a point right now where the program is at a different place it's substantially more competitive uh more electric than it was uh, even 10 years ago you could go as far back as 20 years ago though and uh, we are not going to stop believing until we bring home an SEC West title, which could happen. It's freaking tough to do with Alabama in the same division, but it could happen. Yeah, Tennessee, I could have gone with one Tennessee. Tennessee used to have um, the song, Turn Down for What? They had Little John come in, and they got his permission. He came around a couple years ago, and it was third down for what? And they would play it when Tennessee had a third down. And I think we had, like, one of the – we may have had the best third down defense in the SEC or one of the top two that year. Um, But then the PC culture came out, and because Little John demeaned women in his songs, and that was when Tennessee was going through their sexual harassment and – lawsuits against the university tennessee had to get rid of that because little john talks about you know demeaning women in his song so you got to disassociate with that but um i didn't agree with it so that's why it's not on my list because i don't support its decision but that song will get you going um number three for me was here comes the boom um, you may remember it from s- movies like uh, The Longest Yard or from the Tidler movie. I think there's actually a movie called Here Comes the Boom with Kevin James where he plays a UFC fighter, but that song will get you going. Yeah, good song. Number two, Crazy Train. Mm. Mm. Where do they play that one at? ha, ha, ha. Uh, I'm I'm sure it's played everywhere. It's played at Mississippi State every now and then. Dun dun, dun dun, dun dun, dun dun. I I I. Um, number two for me was Eye of the Tiger from Rocky. You know, old old classic, classic. just getting you going. Uh, let me get, let it. me guess. Aaron's number it. one is Blue Oyster Cult. Don't fear the Reaper because he just needs more cowbell. No, no, <laughs> not a bad option though. Number one, are we ready for number one? I think we. I think we're there. Is this our Desert Island Get Hype song? Maybe. Yeah, it could be mine. That's fine. Stand up and get crunk, Ying Yang twins. <laughs> oh, I don't know how that song goes, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, this is one I'm not gonna sing. Uh, it'd be great though if you wanted to look it up on Spotify. Our avid listeners. Um. All right, my number one is Thunderstruck, ACDC. Another classic, um, and thanks to your brother Aaron, I know it's a drinking it's a drinking game song now too. Um, play it with more than three people, or you better have three beers. Yeah, that's that was fun. That was a good day on the river. Uh, Abe should have just called that. Drink your beer as fast as you can, because this won't last longer than thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah, and he definitely didn't tell us to have a second one ready. Oh. Uh, 
yeah, that's definitely a game for 10 or more people. But, all right. Uh, what were you saying about talking about my food plots, dude? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You said you bought corn. All right. Yeah, well, I bought, so I bought a six-way food plot blend. It's got winter peas, uh, oats, ryegrass, uh, trophy rape, two other things that I cannot remember. Wheat. Oh, did I say peas already? Yeah, I said snow peas. So anyway, it's a six-way blend, uh, mostly ryegrass, but uh, it was $19 for a 50-pound sack. Which is supposed to plant an acre, but if you plant it that thin, the birds end up picking a good bit of it. Uh, I don't know. So I, I usually, and we have a lot of turkeys, they do browse this stuff. So I usually plant about, on my big plot, it's 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 not an acre. It might be close to an acre. I doubt it, though. I usually put two sacks on that and two sacks of fertilizer. And then on my small plot, I do one sack with one sack of fertilizer. But here's my philosophy on that, okay? Do you got a second? I sure do. Can I do. talk to you about this? Okay. Here's my philosophy on that. I don't even end up hunting my personal plots that much. I hunt the, the camp plots more, more frequently. They're all planted with the cheapest blend of co-op near Itala County cells. Last year, I killed two deer. Both of those deer I killed off of a camp food plot. So there's no sense in spending 200 bucks buying expensive seed to plant my plots because I've done that before. I bought like Rackmaster or something, uh, planted that probably three years ago. Didn't see a single deer on my big food plot. So the one with the redneck condo on it. This the, the past couple of years I've been planting cheap stuff. I at least saw does last year, and I saw a shooter buck, but I'd already shot one that size, so I let him pass. So anyway, that's my philosophy right now. I've got corn feeders on both my personal plots. Uh, I, I spent ninety six dollars on my two plots to plant them this year. I'm pretty proud of that. Between fertilizer and everything. Mm hmm. Hmm. Well, I could have planted cheaper. Yeah. Well, like I say, y'all have just got so many plots that are near each other. You know, I could see if you were, if you had 500 acres and you were putting, you know, four to six food plots, you might want to jazz it up a little bit. But I mean, y'all's area is so big and y'all have so many food plots. Uh, you know, they've got, you know, they've got foraging everywhere. So, uh, Yeah, I don't know. I would still want to plant a little bit something better than than just regular old ryegrass or cheap feed, you know. But you know, sounding like you went kind of uh, in the middle of that, going from expensive to super cheap, you kind of went somewhere in the middle, which we'll see how that goes. Um, also, probably wouldn't hurt to start planting during the year, but just to see what you could get to pull in, you know, see how many deer you could pull in, you know, during the summer months or whatnot, so... You know, I had clover. I still have clover. If you go out there right now, the clover's huge too. Yeah. So it, it makes me it makes me think uh, there's probably a point, you know, like certain crops, if they get too big, the flavor profile just becomes bitter. I wonder if clover does that because deer don't seem, you'd think if they loved it, they'd mow it down. Yeah. You know, because they're, on my food plot last year, I had 
I had two different family units of does coming to my plot, and you said they eat seven pounds of food a day. I'm not the only plot in the area, but they sure as heck weren't eating seven pounds a piece off of my plot because they'd have kept it mowed down. Um, do you have your cameras out yet? I, I put one out. I've got to change the settings, though. Uh, the Moultrie was taking a photo every 15 seconds, and it filled up the memory card by, like, late January. So it sat out the whole year from late January till about a month ago and was with a full memory card. So that sucked. Mm, maybe just get a bigger memory card? Yeah, that would have that got me to, like, February, I guess. Well, what size I, memory I, card do you use? I think use? it is taking... That's a 16 gig. It's taking mm. one photo every 15 seconds. Uh, and it's in high definition. Like, I mean, I could switch it to standard definition and yeah. probably double the capacity. Because, I mean, the antlers are out right now. I, I know coming back from Texas back to the house uh, this past trip, I saw going through Louisiana to the west of Baton Rouge, I, I saw probably 20 deer on the side of the road in the swamp, and uh, at least two of them had decent-sized antlers on them. So uh, the racks have sprouted. So you'll be able to see some velvet deer by now. Yeah. Uh, at this dove hunt, Case had to go to the bathroom, so his, his dad took him into the woods, uh, and they came out. He was carrying a shed. Uh, it was off of a, an eight-point, and the beam of the eight-point was not that impressive. I mean, it might have been like 16 inches beam. And, you know, when antlers dry, they shrink, so it right. could have been like a 17-inch beam uh, when it was uh, alive. But uh, what was impressive about it is the what's what's the term? It was the mass, how how thick the main beam was uh, at the base of the antler. I don't think I could touch my fingers together. Mm. Like if I wrap my index finger around and my thumb around it, it was so fat at the base that I could not wrap my fingers all the way around it. So that's that's a big fat antler. It, right. it was just an eight point. So that's right there in Knoxby County. Did y'all uh, y'all get any Black. doves this past weekend on your hunt? No, he didn't do too good. Uh, he's gonna have to practice. We switched him to a twenty gauge. He was using a four ten. He killed two last year with a four ten, and we're pretty sure he killed a third one. It was one of those where he hit it, it wobbled, flew into a tree, and we never saw it again. Um, but we switched him to that twenty gauge, which is you know shooting probably twice the amount of lead uh out of it but every it, it was just it's an older gun and the trigger does stick a little bit it's hard to reload um i was worried about him with gun safety and that's why i didn't want to like throw him into like a 20 gauge pump or a 20 gauge automatic uh but after that i was like man we probably should have put him on a pump mm. something with a newer like this one like just needs to be oiled and cleaned and it would probably be better like an adult grabbing it squeezing the trigger no big deal but uh i know what he, his, his finger was getting blistered from pulling the trigger he shot three boxes uh <laughs> and I, the last time i went and shot skeet man my my index finger started getting blistered after about a hundred so it's real it, it can happen and he's just a kid just turning nine yeah but i told him he's gotta practice you know how many practice rounds he shot before this none. 15 oh, okay that's, that's basically none yeah, it makes no sense, especially when you got the automatic thrower at the house. 
Nah, and I, dude, I rigged it up. I bought him two boxes of shells to practice that day, and he shot 15, and he was done. He didn't want to do any more. So I think the deal from now on is going to be uh, before next season, I'm going to draw him a chart, and it's going to have a 1,000 rounds on it, and he has to shoot a 1,000 shells. Not saying he has to hit a 1,000 skeet. He has to shoot a 1,000 shells between now and next year before I register him for this hunt. Because it's a waste of time to go up there and sit in the heat. And, uh, I mean, we're miserable, man. Like, dripping sweat. Like, could not drink enough water to keep up with the sweating. It, it the, the heat index had to be 100. No shade. Uh, out in the middle of a field. And you're out there from 2 o'clock till 7 o'clock. We left early, which I wasn't happy about either. So, it's a waste of time to go up there and, and not enjoy it. That's, so you might as well uh, practice. That's two hundred and fifty dollars worth of shells, and that ain't even counting skeet. Over the course of the year, it ain't that big of a deal. I wouldn't be able to just go buy that on one paycheck, but one time a month buying skeet for him and shells. Yeah, that. that's, you're looking at like four hundred dollars throughout the year for what you laid out for him. But you know, that's what that's what these other kids are doing that are going out there, and there were like they're actually on both sides of us there was a kid that had to be like six or seven he was tiny and he had a 20 gauge pump and that sucker was knocking him down but he he didn't just pick up a gun and start shooting birds i mean he he's been practicing and his dad's been working with him Mm. so i was probably too hard on case after that but i mean he just he needs to know if you're not good at something you got to practice at it to be right. good at it. And I think if he, last year, what got him bought into it was when he killed that first bird. When he shot and saw that bird drop, he was hooked. And it, that's why we were able to stay till seven o'clock last year. This time he shot 50 shells, didn't kill a thing, and uh, he was just getting his heart broken. But he's too used practice, to them, uh, it's too used to them participation trophies, it looks like. Mm hmm. <laughs> Yep. Well, all right. Anyway, man, uh, we uh, we given a little preview of last or recap of week one, giving you all a preview of week two. Uh, I'm trying to still trying to talk Danny into going somewhere really nice. Of course, I don't know if I should anymore since I'm last in the pickums, but uh, we'll still talk about dinner next time we have Danny on just to set a little more groundwork on that. Um, but we'll see y'all next week with a recap of week number two and a little crap talking about each other's teams probably. So that'll do it. We'll see y'all next time at the lodge. Bye.